Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max! Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Thank you for joining us for Season 26, Episode 10 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Jason. And I'm Tappy. In this episode of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, Ben from Texas writes in about divine intervention. Uh, Anonymous writes, uh, sends a question about Monster of the Week. And Steve from Atlanta writes in about playing characters outside of the game. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We have a forum, happyjacksforum.com. That's happyjacksforum.com. We're on all of the social meteors. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, MeWe, Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. That's Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. And if you'd like to watch the show live, we do the show at 7.16 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time on Fridays at happyjacks.org slash live. There. Are we still that must be That must be totally insane for people who listen to this on, like, double speed. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I try to discourage that. Yes. <laughs> I still have not successfully heard the word me, we, and not giggled, and I don't know why. <laughs> it is. It's the funniest name. Uh, Divine inter- Intervention from Ben in Texas. Howdy. Oh, by the way, I should mention we're streaming uh, we're streaming remotely or we're all remote because for safety, obviously. Mm-hmm. So and as soon as we can end this and have good audio again, we will. Yes. I swear it. <laughs> so hang in there. We promise to have our good quality audio back very soon. Yes. Divine intervention from Ben in Texas. How howdy, happy jackers. That's alliterative uh this email was inspired by your recent discussion of how to portray a god as a gm uh i had a cleric pc in a recent game at several points during the campaign it was narratively appropriate for the cleric to speak directly to his god the solution i came up with is going to be my standard response to any situation in the future pc what should i do Deity, my child, you wield my power not because you have faith in me, but because I have faith in you. Follow (laughs) your heart. You will find the way and make me proud. God is Simba? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's that's actually a killer answer. (laughs) I mean, that's incredible. How's that for divine in- intervention, he asked. Uh, D&D in particular has a mechanic that allows clerics to literally call down their god and tell them exactly what they should do. How awful for a role-playing game. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Uh, whenever something like this comes up, I try to turn the spotlight back on the player character and encourage character development. And I try, like hell, not to give the party any straightforward answers. This is definitely one of those things that's hard to handle as a GM. It seems to me that the best way to handle it is to bounce back, bounce it back to the players as much as possible and not feed them any answers beyond what you had intended in the scene. Hope this helps. Ben from Texas. Thoughts? Um, I have... I don't actually like 100% agree with this, even though it's always great to just bounce things back to the players rather than dictate what they should do. Um, But I think the idea that a god knows the correct thing to do is like the right answer. I think like D&D gods or anytime you have like uh, 
like a, a polytheistic religion, all of them are like very small slices of reality. So what that God thinks you should do is it not answer for that thing. Like a God of death is going to have a different answer than a God of war than a different one that has like a God of love. They're all going to have different answers. They're all going to have repercussions because humans or, or humanoids live in a world that isn't just one thing. So it's, gods are myopic. And so if you give them myopic answers that the god wants, maybe they go and do it the first time and have all sorts of repercussions. Maybe they do it the second time, but by the third time or fourth time, maybe they're like, hmm... This God isn't necessarily all-knowing, and this God doesn't necessarily care if, or maybe once, like, say, half the children to die in the kingdom. And that's a, a good thing for a God of death. Sure. Um, so, you know, I would say look at the problem myopically from the point of that God, and let the other player characters who are not worshipping that God go, what the actual fuck? <laughs> Yeah, I also have a um, kind of a uh, crunchy um, rules lawyer side of this, which is not usually my point of view. But I feel like if um, somebody sits down to play a cleric in D&D and they're thinking, yeah, this is part of my kit. When I get to this level, I'm going to get to call on my god and they're going to tell me what to do. On one hand, yes, I absolutely love the like the god of war. The right thing to do is kick that door down and beat up anyone on the other side. That is the correct move which may or may not be, you know, um, and also, um, you know, deities in these types of settings are usually operating with their own version of imperfect information. And so they want something and they want you to do that thing. But the other thing I would be really shy about saying, uh, uh, okay, you called on your God, your God um, feeds you some bullshit and moves on. And, if that's an ability that you can use like once a day or use as a spell slot or a channel divinity or, or something like that, you, you have to pay up, you know, like if, if it's in your game and it's a thing that the, that class can do, you, you have to pay up on the debt or at the start say, Hey, cleric, you play cleric, everything's normal, but I'm pulling this one thing uh, because I don't like the way it works for the setting that I'm doing. And that's okay too, as long as you do it up top, not in the middle of them using this thing they've been waiting to do the whole campaign. I agree with that. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, a cleric talking to their god is a big deal. Um, Yeah. But also, like, a cleric or a paladin finding, like, a, uh, like, their faith challenged when something goes wrong, or at least they can see it going wrong, but their God thinks something is right. I think that's a very interesting thing, especially for like, I don't know, like a 12th or 13th or 15th level character. You've been championing this God for a very, very long time and having a crisis of faith that late into your development, I think is a really interesting thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it totally is. I agree with it. Now, is it really, is, there, is it actually a power that you get as a cleric where you get to like use your yeah. God as a phone, a friend? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a channel to div- divinity or a spell or something. I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but there is uh, that you have some sort of resource as a cleric that uh, paladins don't get, but clerics specifically get this ability for direct line, red phone, 
what do I do in this situation? And it says something like your, your God will give you an honest answer or something like that. Um, but the, the part of this that I would do is operate that the God has a perspective. The God wants things. It's not omniscient. You know, gods and polytheistic religions usually are not omniscient, not omnipotent. They, they want things and they have clerics and paladins in the world, sort of like demigods to go around and do the things that they can't do. Cause they're not supposed to, you know, run around in the real world. Right. Um, so if, it, if that deity is operating with imperfect information, what they want you to do may not be a great idea, but they'll at least tell you, this is what I want you to do. And yeah. That's always super fun to play with. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you, Ben from Texas. Uh, Monster of the Week question from Anonymous. Who would like to read that? Um. I actually have the wording of divine intervention here on my computer if you want that real quick. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, beginning at 10th level, you can call on your deity to intervene on your behalf when your need is great. Imploring your deity's aid requires you to use your action. Describe the assistance you seek and roll percentile dice. If you roll a number equal to or lower than your cleric level, your deity intervenes. The DM chooses the nature of the intervention. The effect of any cleric spell or cleric domain spell would be appropriate. If your deity intervenes, you can't use this feature again for seven days. Otherwise, you can use it again after you finish a long rest. At 20th level, your call for intervention succeeds automatically. No roll required. That's interesting. So at 19th level, you have a 19% of it working. And then at 20th level, you have a 100% chance of it working. (laughs) That also means that at 20th level, that is a huge part of your kit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So pulling that from the cleric kit has to be, you have to do that up front because that's a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. And, and, that. and give something else. Yeah, right, ideally. Yeah. But, or at least say, like, look, this isn't a component. Like, the, the, the premise of the game is no one has heard from their god personally in a long time, and you're, you're going to go find out why. Okay, mm-hmm. well, here we go. <laughs> but, yeah. Um... I think uh, Dark Sun has that word, like clerics are of elements, not of gods. And so having a god god come in would be really weird. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I can read this next one if okay. you want. Yeah, go. Get it all on one page here. Uh, Monster of the Week question from Anonymous. Probably not the hacker group, I'm assuming. Uh, It was was weird because I had had to transcribe this, and it was like a computer voice that said, I am running a (laughs) (laughs) bi-weekly. I'm running a bi-weekly Monster of the Week game for a group of friends. It is a good group with various experience levels of TTRPGs and role-playing. It is also a large group of six-plus players. Okay, yes, that is very big. Uh, the problem I'm having is in combat. I throw the monster of the week at the group, and they just form a semicircle of gunfire and mow the creature down. Uh, I have tried to think of creative ways uh, beyond giving monsters high armor and high health, uh, but I am having trouble coming up with ideas. So I turn to you. Any fun ideas for combat and monster of the week? Thank you for all you do, anonymous boy. Have you come to the right place? <laughs> Yes, we have ideas. Um, number one, uh, the intangible monster. They're going to have to find some sort of doohickey to be able to trap it in a ghost trap and use a proton pack. Mm-hmm. Never mind, that's just the plot of Ghostbusters, but <laughs> something like that. Or, or a spell. 
Yep. Uh, a spell. Yeah. 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 Um, but if you do that, make sure it's not like like a D like a D and D like trap or something where there's like one right answer. Like right. Kind of go with like if they're creative and they come up with some cool solutions, like go with that. That's okay. Yeah, it is okay to say the one wrong answer is shooting it, right? That I think that's mm-hmm. an okay thing yes. to to bring Absolutely. up sometimes. Is yes. like, hey like, gang, this one you can't shoot it or hit it with a bat. That's just not going to work. And you telegraph that some way. You don't punish them by you know finding out. Oh, you hit it with a bat, it whiffs, and then it eats your brain and you're dead. That's that's not fun. <laughs> but um, I, I do like the halfway where it's like, oh, you hit it with a bat, bat, it whiffs. Uh, you better duck. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, to telegraph Definitely. that kind of interaction is, is yeah. a lot of fun. Um, so, oh, yeah, go ahead. Quick, quick question. Is Monster of the Week one of those that in when you do the, um, the Seize by Force move, uh, they automatically, like, return harm for harm? Or is it that you get a move? I, I believe they trade harm. Okay, see, that's unfortunate. That's one of the things I dislike the most about... Uh, Apocalypse World 2nd Edition, because if you have the first guy who attacks, you can use a, a move that gets that monster out of there. Mm-hmm. And then somebody has to try and find it, do something to try and catch it, and then you can do another move. And that's how you draw characters away from each other, which is mm-hmm. a move you can use, and single them out, and then you have the monster attack them. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you could still separate people, you know, use hard moves whenever it's appropriate. Right, right. Um, but it's like specifically in like right then, like how the rules work when you trade harm for harm. Uh, I don't know. It's it's very unfortunate that you're you're locked into that, in my opinion, mm. uh, as opposed to trading harm for harm when you, as you know, the MC chooses to. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand how for players that seems more fair because they know what's going to happen when they attack. Um, but it, it feels a little more interesting and more elegant if you do it the other way. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can always just hope that you roll high enough to have two selections, and one of them is to avoid their blows or whatever it is. That one's in Monster of the Week, right? They have a, one of the options there. It's something else. But Yeah, Masks has it for sure. Yeah, uh, most of them have some variant of it, though. Yeah, I, I've had the unfortunate thing where I've read and played so many different games that they all <laughs> yeah. blur together, and it's very difficult to remember which one has which specific rule. Yeah, yeah. have you seen Apocalypse World World? <laughs> no, it's it's or it, I think it's powered by the Apocalypse World, yeah. uh, and each playbook is a different type of Apocalypse World game, hmm. and, and you are that so. Uh, <laughs> so I, I have the Apocalypse World playbook. Oh, I yeah. have the Mask playbook. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Let's get, go around. We still need uh, ideas from Tappy, myself, and Stu. Tappy, do you have ideas for combat in Monster of the Week? Well, I just did. But it, With, oh. having the the monster, if somebody attacks it, the the monster instead of dealing trading harm for harm gets out of there. You use, okay. you use a, a move to get out of there, and then as they chase it, you can continue to use your MC moves uh, to draw them out and try and move them around, etc. Or just, you know, get out of there. That's a, a trope in a lot of, like, Monster of the Week shows. It's like, yeah. they find the thing, and then it's gone. And, you know, maybe bad things happen from that, or have to figure something else out, rather than just mow it down with the Tommy gun. Yeah. Cool. Stuart, 
Play a game with a real combat system. <laughs> I really have no opinion because I've never played Monster of the Week. Okay. And I haven't even read it. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> I run an RPG podcast. I know things. Um, I think I always like the unexpected combats. Like I like the monsters or the baddies who don't seem like baddies at first and then it ends up kind of being a surprise. Um, it's like, I don't know, I think maybe just because I'm creeped out by kids and stuff like that that are like, oh, the bad kid <laughs> who like ends up being like the monster and you're like, ah, it's not like this little blonde, you know, beautiful child. It's an alien or something like that. Yes, I'm a teacher. I know. <laughs> I love that you're creeped out by kids. That's awesome. Well, evil little kids, because, like, I'm, used to, I'm like the teacher who, so like, kids. Yeah, well, no, they're not evil. It's <laughs> a thing. So, like, when you find, like, a really evil kid, it's super creepy. Well, they're... All right. They're, 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 they're all evil. They start, out that, they start out that way. <laughs> we teach them not to be. <laughs> Some of us try... <laughs> I don't know when she doesn't bring me Girl Scout cookies for like four weeks in a row that's pretty evil mm. oh yeah <clears throat> but she was hoarding them I know <laughs> she probably ate them she probably ate them <laughs> I finally got one box finally right she's preparing for the cookie apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> All right. insider cookie trading uh, the next email who would like to read that I will read uh, this one are you on to do it Captain? no no do it Okay, playing characters outside of the game from Steve in Atlanta. Evening, folks. First of all, congrats on another successful Rainbow Railroad Marathon. I am working my way through the audio and enjoying all of it. Have you ever dropped into an RPG character in the mundane mundane world? Not talking fair or cons. I mean, like the local supermarket. It could be using a name, an accent, or or referencing a game encounter as though it happened. Here's a situation I find myself I found myself in recently, and it was a lot of fun. I have a half-orc face character, wise words instead of good looks, named Solvik. My friend and I are playing twin brothers. We decided to go with Russian accents because why not? They're the best. That wasn't an email. Uh, I was <laughs> at a local McDonald's <laughs> getting a quick breakfast before my commute. Not sure why I dropped into character, but it was comedy gold. No, if Kimmy is there, have her read this both parts in Russian. And yes, we have the done well. typical Georgia fast food worker. Uh, I don't know if I can do I can, guess I can do Georgia. Uh, I'm sure Georgia's she will near Russia. be close to the Yeah. May I take yeah. an order? Yeah, now so it's switching hard. Good day to uh, No, I can't do that. Do you, you want me to do the Southern? Yeah, do you do the Southern? I can't switch back and forth that fast. May I take your order? Good day to you. I would like one of your biscuits. I would have pork as well. You want a sausage biscuit? Da, that is correct. You you want anything else? I would also like to purchase a very large beverage. Uh, tea with ice, no sugar. You want a large unsweet tea? Da, that is what I said. You want anything else? There are many things I would like, but that is all you can provide. May I have a name for your order? I shall call it breakfast. Lots of <laughs> laughter from the rest of the line. <laughs> ah, you mean my name, Salvik. How do you spell that? Do your best. I shall wait over here. 
<laughs> I'm really sure she wanted to type shithead, shithead for the name. Mm. I waited a few minutes and the order was ready. I should have left it at that, but I wanted to see some confusion and other in, to an otherwise frustrating encounter for her. As I walked up to her to take the order from her, have a good day. I am not often uh, uh, away from the embassy. A good morning to you as well. I'm a shy person by nature, but that felt wonderful. At least you'd have an interesting story to tell over dinner that night. Anyone else ever drop into character at weird times, or is it just me? Thanks for all you do. I appreciate you sharing your gaming with the world. Steve from Atlanta. I, I can't say I've done anything exactly like this. This is pretty odd. Very in character. Yeah, the I, uh, uh, LARPing with people who don't know they're LARPing uh, <laughs> can be hilarious. Um, I've actually done something like this at Burning Man as kind of like a weird interactive like uh, art piece. Yeah. A friend of mine built an art car that looks like a boat and so we were on this we were like an adventuring party on this boat and uh there was like a final place that we needed to go and there was some sort of quest uh it's all kind of hazy to me now um but uh it was a lot of fun because you stop and you ask people like where this thing is because we had several stops along the way and if they like responded you know oh it's over here kind of like played in character we had these little um uh, brass like coins that my friend had had struck for this, and then so we like passed out gold coins to everybody and stuff like that. And that it was fucking awesome. That that is awesome. But I have to say, at Burning Man, I feel like you show up kind of ready for anything. You know, like this is true. Something weird's <laughs> gonna happen today. I don't know what it is, but it's gonna happen. Uh, no. Already excited about it. <laughs> and a, a barbarian wizard just yep. asked me where the alien queen is. Yeah, I feel uh, like that adds up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, the Mc- poor McDonald's employee, I, I feel a little bad, but not a lot <laughs> bad. The closest, yeah. the closest thing I did to something like this, which wasn't this at all, was uh, in the late '90s when Bill and I were roommates. He had acquired a, a large camcorder. This is back when they were big. You know, they were like 18 inches long and they had they used the big VHS tapes. And um, I don't remember exactly how it was, but at some point, one of us, we were sitting in the in our apartment and one of us mentioned, you know what? Everyone will talk to you if you're, car- if you're carrying a camera. And I'm like, hey, let's go to Second Street, which is the big hangout place where all the bars are. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a Saturday night or a Friday night. And so we drove over there, and then we're walking from the car, because you have to park half a mile away from the place. And as we're walking, he's like, we, we should, like, be not us. And then we started, and we brainstormed back and forth, and we're like, let's be English exchange students who are out here on <laughs> holiday. And we're like, Boy, you were really, <laughs> you guys were really bored before the internet. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Of course we were. <laughs> and so we went around, and Bill still has that videotape. And we met all kinds of people, and some people gave us mini tours where they t- took us to different different bars and stuff like that. It's hysterical. But that that's, that's about as close as I got. But that wasn't a D and D character. That was just us pretending that we're English and using the word flat a lot. Yeah. Instead <laughs> of apartment. <laughs> I've done like that, like, like I mean, 
I think every like theater kid at some point like does that after you know when you're it was in high school actually the one I really clearly remember and a bunch of us went out to like Denny's after a performance why is it always Denny's it's always Denny's <laughs> it is always it's Denny's it's open and, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because you can get a whole meal for, like, two bucks back then. Yeah, it's open late and cheap. Yeah. And they put up with our shit. Yeah. It was really dumb, though, because it was kind of a small town. So it was like we were all uh, putting on bad accents. And then, like, two of the wait staff who weren't in our section at first, like, worked at our school. And they were just like, <laughs> theater people. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, I have I mean, one, like, okay. extremely wimpy version of this is when I'm traveling, occasionally I will just give a different name at Starbucks and because mm-hmm. it's amusing to me and no one else. Uh, <laughs> but that doesn't really rank on the scale of, um, you know, pretending to be a party of adventurers asking where the queen is. It's <laughs> pretty amazing, yeah. I feel like it's, I mean, like, thinking back now, like, and because I ended, I ended up working in the, the food service industry, it does feel a little, a little <laughs> crappy. <laughs> like, oh, like, you made somebody night suck. <laughs> well, there's also, like, in the chat room, is just talking about that there's, like, that power dynamic and not quite so much at McDonald's because they don't rely on tips. Right. Especially like us at Denny's, like the waitress, like relying on our tips, which we're probably going to be shit anyway because we're high school kids. Yeah. Although I like to think that I was a good tipper back then too. I have no idea. Um, but I don't know. It just is like, they're like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Well, y- y'all are so clever. So funny. <laughs> so great. I totally thought you were Scottish. <laughs> no, actually, I, we, we, we actually continued our game. We were super hungry. This is back in college. We were super mm-hmm. hungry one night, so we drove to Den- Denny's, of course, and we actually played at the, the corner table at Denny's for eh, like an hour and then went back to the game. That's cool. Oh, nice. Took our dice and character sheets and everything. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, I do have, I have one more story. This one is also Burning Man, but it's different mm-hmm. because a friend of mine's bike got stolen from our camp. So another person from uh, our camp and me went go looking for the bike, but prom was that night, and she had a very light lilac dress that looked white in the moonlight, and I had on a tux. First camp we went to, they asked, did, did you just get married? And we looked at each other and said, yes, yes, we did, and then talked for a good half an hour about how we met, you know, <laughs> where we're going to go honeymoon, and it was just, you know, one after the other, uh, and then we would go to the next camp, same question, so we came back completely destroyed, uh, <laughs> but also, like, spontaneously, we're different characters. That's, That's great. I wish I've we had planned that. It. Yeah, I've done that, where it's, like, you and a friend, like, make up stories, or, like, Usually that's not with, like, wait staff, so I don't really feel so bad about that. It's like, people are like, oh. Uh, <laughs> I will lie for booze. Absolutely. Yeah, lie to the general public <laughs> as opposed to people who are hoping you will pay them enough to put up with this yeah. scenario. <laughs> there are actually a couple times uh, where I was hanging out with uh, Heather and the kids in different places, uh, Stu's kids, when he was working or something, and we either got, like, she was my mom and they were my kids or we got that we were lesbian lovers All raising right. kids together. So sometimes <laughs> like chocolate. That tracks. Yeah. So like, so there were times where like people would ask stuff and like, because it was like none of their business and they would be sort of judgy or whatever. I'd be like, yeah. well, yeah. 
and you'd like make up a story you're like right on the spot and they'd be like oh oh yeah okay it's just that was always fun but i feel like those people deserved that so <laughs> yeah oh they 100 percent did yeah <laughs> so much <laughs> Oh, you want to do one uh, more email? Chat room is saying, uh, but did you find the bike, Tappy? You buried the lead. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't. Well, we might have. We wouldn't have known because we went around a block and every single camp gave us booze um, and sat and chatted with us and gave us more. So by the time we got back, like, I think I fell asleep in front of my trailer. And I never made it to prom. <laughs> so, I mean, we very well could have found it and then lost it and forgotten uh, I have no idea. Some guy's just sitting there, like, sitting on it and, like, keeps handing you alcohol. And it's just like, here. <laughs> nice. Uh, Stu, do we have another email? Uh, I'm looking right now. I think so. Okay. Uh, we flew through those, though. So. Okay. This is from, uh, let's see, who's this from? Allervant. Okay. After leaving my game group last August and taking a break of regular play, that's in quotes, uh, I still do organized play at conventions. I want to get back into the hobby. My old group used the hero system, so it's very likely I'd have to learn a new RPG system. While I'm fine with that, I do have some preferences of the type of system and the campaign setting. And the campaign setting, I'm concerned. They may be unreasonable and or restrict the possible groups slash games too much. <clears throat> what are your thoughts? Some of my preferences are, one, a greater emphasis on role play than combat. Two, the PCs to be the heroes or at least have the moral high ground, no anti-heroes or mercenary thugs. Three, a system with free rule books or one where it's okay if I don't have the rules at first. Four, point-based system. I'm not a fan of rolling for stats because too much depends on luck at, in the beginning. Five, a non-class system. So I have more freedom to create and develop my character as I see fit, or at least there, at least there being enough class flexibility to allow for such freedom. And six, a modern or sci-fi setting. No horror or a post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic. I find them depressing. Uh... Can do fantasy, but it needs to hook a hook to distinguish it from J.R.R. Tolkien tribute uh, to keep to help me care about the setting and the characters. Given the popularity of D and D and Pathfinder, the last three items are going to be deal breakers. <clears throat> I'm willing to compromise on some points, but but how much is too much? Allervant, P- mandatory P.S. Since someone is likely to ask, yes, I have been in fantasy cams- campaigns before. Often the GM would have us go through towns and even countries that didn't have a name or anything unique about them. They were as generic as the yellow box with the breakfast cereal on the front in big black letters. <clears throat> so is he being too restrictive on what he's looking for in a game? I don't think so. Well, the, the free part might be the difficult one if you want something yeah. like that's more like point-based and et cetera. Um, I, I think, um, to me, it, it sounds like it comes from a place of having a string of bad experiences, which I, yes. I definitely can relate to. I've been there. I've, I've been in those games that just like, it doesn't matter what the system is. It's going to suck. Um, but I can also say 
if you get D&D or Shadowrun or GURPS with the right group of people, it's going to be rad. You know, like y- you can do all of the things and have a super fun time, but also none of those books are free. So uh, although I, I will say Shadowrun 5th edition is extremely discounted at this point, and 6th edition is hot garbage, so you don't need to worry about it. You just go get a, a used 5th edition book. All you need is the core rule book, and you have a complete setting. Um, but the other thing I would say is I think you're going to have a lot of trouble finding a game to play in that checks all of those boxes. However, if you're ready to run a game, you get to make it what you want it to be. And um, that's that can really... I mean, that that has been the start of a lot of games I've run of like, no one's doing this thing I want to do. Uh, like, I guess I'll do it. And then it was still a good time. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I would suggest uh, Wild Talents. So it's a point-by system. Um, it's superheroes, but I've skinned it as other things really easily. So you could do, have it be like modern fantasy really easy things like that it's made to be a modern setting um it's not free again so sorry that's like the one that's going to be screwed up Although, but it's like 20 bucks no, well there's there's a, a scaled down version that just gives you the system without the setting that's like 10 bucks yeah, it's yeah, like yeah 10 yeah. or 12 dollars something yeah, like it's, that it's very inexpensive yeah and if you're coming up with your own world and stuff like that um yeah i i adore that system i, I love the combat in that it's really fast to play, super easy to customize and kind of make your own. Um, and it's it's not free, but it's much, much cheaper than a lot of other yeah. RPGs. That's true. Do you guys ever have Bill and Ted just shout, Wild Talent! <laughs> That'd be I mean, very it, cool. That, that happens all the time in my head when everybody says that. <laughs> that's it's great. Like wild Stallions, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. That's funny. There's... No, that's never occurred to me, but it will now never not occur to me. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. You know, really, the, his first two items have nothing to do with system. They have to do with the, the people sitting around the table. A greater mm-hmm. emphasis on role play than combat... Yeah. And the PCs get to be the heroes, or at least have the moral high ground. No anti-heroes or mercenary thugs. So that's that's a gaming group preference. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but sometimes that is a hard turn. Like, like when we sit down to play D anD D or Shadowrun, it's we we role play in spite of the system. <laughs> you know, oh, sure. Like D anD D is not encouraging all of the you know role play and and character uh, you know interaction and all that stuff. In fact, it's a tiny part of the game compared to the massive section of how to do combat. And you, you have to weigh that as like, so this game is designed to do this, but if you find the right people, you could still role play and have a good time. I'll role play in Monopoly if you don't stop me. So, you know, <laughs> the system really doesn't matter as far as that goes. Um, I, have, I have two suggestions for a system. Um, both of them are sci-fi, like Far Future, because I think that was one of the things, right? Yeah, modern or sci-fi. Modern or sci-fi. Okay. Uh, first one, Traveler. Oh, Traveler yeah. is a great one. Uh, you have it's point by. Uh, there are lots of rules for things, but also it is very. Gen- you can be in the Third Imperium, but also there are very generic books that are designed to allow you to do a whole lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Th- does it not randomize the starting stats though? Um, gives oh, I never I did. I think I think <laughs> I house ruled that because I, I, I hate rolling for for stats. Yeah, me too. I I oh. despise it forever. Yeah, I, I, I might have actually house ruled that. I I um, think I think they actually have alternate rules in there for people who don't want to randomly roll their stats. 
Okay. I, I think they have. I'm not. I don't remember if it was in first or or second, but mm-hmm. one of them had had an alternative for that. I, I will say though, in Traveler, that's like the one game where I I just know I'm going to come to the table with zero concept and roll my first die and find out who this character is. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm okay with that when I sit down and play Traveler. I just don't make plans ahead of time versus yeah. any other role playing game. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to be an orc from this like nice part of town and do you know like just whatever that that you know i don't know i think it's kind of fun to start with an idea but then be okay with it going sideways because it's going to yeah i, I get so I, like I a feel frustrated point. in that situation <laughs> so i have to i have to come to traveler blank fair enough james, um, being, james being in the chat room says he thinks it's in the compendium uh to the point by system for traveler mm-hmm. versus the no roll stats part mm-hmm. Sorry, although continue is the Traveler book, like, how much is the Traveler book? It's not cheap. Yeah. Although the, the uh, first edition one is not bad, if I recall. They, were, they used to uh, have a... Oh, Mongoose? Yeah. First edition? I love Mongoose first edition Traveler. I think it's great. But I think the, they, they had a, a, a paperback version of it, a small, like, reduced size one that was reasonably priced. I don't remember how much it was, though. But I, that would, oh, yeah, that I would be that tough one. to find. Um, I think that was second edition, though. No, it was uh, first. I, I think it was first. Was it? Oh, okay. I, I have more of a question for us than an actual... Tappy still had something he was going to say. Oh, sorry, right? go ahead. Well, I, I had a second system, but if you have one... No, no, no go one. ahead. My, mine can follow that. Okay. Uh, so, the second system, and this depends on a lot on whether or not you like this world, but the Modiphius Star Trek is great oh. and it's it's very much for role playing it very much is you can i mean techno babble is the greatest like thing the the federation can do right yep. so you have a, a huge swath of things you can do with your imagination starship combat is really great because everybody has a ton of stuff to do and stuff that isn't just shooting um i think it's i think it's a great system for what you're looking for again not cheap um, but uh, if you want to play in the Star Trek universe, I I think it's awesome. So um, the thing occurs to me that none of us have suggested, which I think is probably intentional, but I just want to ask you: n- none of us are talking about PBTA games. Um, Those aren't point by. Although they're they're not point by. They're uh, but they are heavily. Um, like your playbook, it can definitely be viewed as a class. And until you get advancements, it's really hard to dip into other playbooks and, and customize it. So that might be the deal breaker, but I'm just thinking they are small books that are cheap to zero. In some cases you can get them for free. Um, there's no randomized stats. It is um, focused on role play to the point of almost discouraging combat in some systems. And um it uh, it checked off some of the other boxes as well. Um, nice. <clears throat> but ah, modern sci-fi watch no into class those point. playbooks. Sorry, Stu, what? Um, modern or sci-fi setting, I'm going through his list. Uh, non-class yeah. system, point-based system with free rulebooks or where it's okay to not have it, uh, PCs of the oh, Heroes, yeah. and greater emphasis on rule-playing combat. So yeah, that- you definitely don't need the, the PBTA book most of the time. Uh, just having the playbooks is enough to play with. Um, however, the playbooks do end up feeling class-based for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys ever played Farflung? Mm-mm. It's bananas. It is. It is like, like very much. You know how we talk about high fantasy a lot. It is high sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Let me uh, like like there. space opera. Um, I don't know if I would call it space opera, um, but it's definitely like uh, uh, because it isn't like. Star Wars. Let me let me get you guys the playbooks oh. here real quick. What, while you're looking is, that up, a, another idea is to go onto itch.io and just browse for RPGs. There, there are a lot of free RPGs, one and two dollar RPGs. Um, you know, l- low impact, small rule books. Um, definitely going to be role playing focused, uh, and maybe there'll be something on there that that sparks a, an idea mm-hmm. that feels accessible. Also, Atomic Panda in the chat room says Forged in the Dark ha- has a similar to PBTA, but it also has like a point by system. Yep, that's oh. true. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking at the Far Flung playbooks right now, and you can have one of them as the Clockworker, where you can meddle about with time and space. Uh, there is uh, being a pure energy. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, there is. Uh, the Extinctioner, a sentient vapor cloud, uh, or a swarm of nanites. Uh, it is just, yeah. it is absolutely like out of control bananas, the type of characters you can be. Yeah. So if you're tired of doing something like regular and want to go yeah. far flung, just bonkers. Uh, I would, I would suggest that if you just want something, a new mouthfeel, that might be a good one. Has anyone played the Expanse RPG? Negative. No. Mm-mm. I'm almost done with the third season. My gosh, it's good. Yeah, I, I love the oh, show yeah. and the books, but I, I haven't played the RPG yet. It just recently came out, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I saw it I saw it at the game store. Oh, wait. Anything else? No. Should I we think call that it? was a good buffet okay. of things. Okay. Mm. Now, I'm going to put in put in the, the, the anthem later. So we're going to pretend okay. that I'm playing the anthem right now. Okay. Thank you for joining us for Season 26, Episode 10 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Jason. This is Tappy. And we'll see you next time, and we'll leave you with a song. I told you the things I've done in my days. You wouldn't believe me anyway. So it's best I just don't say I've lived a thousand lives I piloted a thousand souls I killed and fought and died Just for a single role